Kidman's Zone. This is Kidman's Zone, right? Hi. They say, you can talk to me. I love having y'all up here. This is my neighborhood usually at church right here. We had to move over there. But see, we're not upset. We're not upset that we got displaced. It just this wasn't convenient. But we, I still, I like it. I hope you're always up here where I'm at. It just makes sense because it's like we've got youth group over here. We've got college group right here. We have singers right here. We've got kid men right here. I love it. I love it. And I hope you keep, you know, so you're always invited to my neighborhood. And I hope all of you out there in your neighborhoods are inviting people and get them to, to come in wherever. But... I really like this. I, I, I do, and I just needed to say that. I guess it's putting me in mind of the fact that a lot of things are going to change in the next few weeks. We've got class promotions. Uh, we've got special events coming up, and uh, there's a lot of life, a lot of new things happening, and uh, it's always a thrilling, exciting time in this congregation. Did I forget anything? Do I need to say anything else about what's coming up? Okay, I'm giving you a shot here. I'm giving you an opportunity. This is good stuff. Um, you know, I didn't prepare my lesson, so I'm just kind of faking and kind of moving. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. Um, hey, I wanted to introduce you to some new friends. Uh, these are folks who've been worshiping with us for a while, and they said, you know, I think West Ark is a place where I feel like I belong, and I'm kind of excited about this and us getting to know them better, and uh, just, just, just a simple acknowledgement, and I know we've done this all sorts of ways, and we're just learning new ways. Because the first person I want to introduce you to and is, is Maddie Bennett, right? Did I get it right? Is it, yeah, yeah, okay, she's right back there. There's Maddie. Just kind of wave, Maddie. So I want you to uh, welcome her. And um, the other person is uh, Yvonne Cronkite, all right? She's right back here. There she is. Um, now, Yvonne used to be here years ago. Probably a lot of you here uh, won't remember that, so you'll be meeting her for the first time, and that's okay. But I love it because she asked me, she said, does my old membership expire? And I'm like, no, no, we, uh, you, know, uh, you don't even have to pay back dues or anything like that. Uh, what we are, folks, and if you're visiting, we want you to turn in one of those cards and just talk to us about that. Uh, and we'll give you the real quick speech on this, is we believe that members of the church are members of the body of Christ. I mean, the way a part of your body is a member of your body. And so you can't just interchange that. You know, it's, it's, it's either membered or dismembered, okay? Uh, whether or not you, in what fashion you are a part of this local congregation... Well, you just kind of need to let us know. I mean, there's things that we do in the office like sending out emails and all of that and getting in communication and getting in touch. And there's all this other uh, policy stuff that, yeah, has to be taken care of. But um, you just got to talk to us about that because we believe that Christ, that he's the head of the church, not not us, not certainly not me, and... Um, the, uh, you know, I'm in the parts of the body, I'm the appendix, okay, because that's a, I'm totally useless but happy to be there and please don't get rid of me. So the, uh, but we, you just need to let us know who, uh, where you want to be and if you want to be with us. I know some of you have been content to just visit and ride along with us, maybe for weeks, maybe for days, maybe for months and years. That's okay. You know, we're not going to uh, kick you out or anything. It's not going to expire, but we just want to know how we can serve you. 
and maybe this is the place where God wants you to serve. So uh, if I've left that all kind of mushy and unclear, good, because I want it to be mushy and unclear. Uh, I always be suspicious of uh, groups that uh, make it too difficult to be a, a part of who they are. Besides, I, I, I'm most concerned about you having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's why I do what I do. And I want you to know that he invites you into his life. Yes, you can invite him into your life, and that's great. But isn't it even more special that he invites us into his life and gives us new life, which is what we're preaching about this morning? Pray with me. Father, I pray that you would make us attentive to your word this morning. Make us attentive to what it is that you want us to hear so that we may be followers and doers of your word. And Father, help us to take the actions that we need to take this morning, whether that is repentance, whether that is new hope, whether that is uh, living like your children or encouraging others. Uh, Father, we trust that your living spirit works in your word, through your word, and above your word, and in our hearts. And Father, we trust that you will guide us to be the new people that you have called us to be. We pray that we may experience that new life that has begun as the new creation in Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray, amen. I want to read to you from Colossians chapter 3. It's going to be on the screen, but if you want to follow along and you know, your device. Can't say, you know, I guess you can say Bible, but yeah, if you do have one of these old school books, then you can do that too. So I'm just stalling. Colossians 3, let's, let's, let's give our attention to God's word. And this, by the way, is from Eugene Peterson's uh, paraphrase, the, the message. I've chosen that because I think we, we really need to hear this in a, in a, in a different way this morning. Um, So Colossians 3, Paul writes, he says, If you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, your real life is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, that's your real life, remember. When Christ shows up again on this earth, you'll show up to the real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile... Be content with obscurity like Christ. And that means killing off everything connected with that way of death. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That is a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing, this kind of living, that God is about to explode in anger. It wasn't that long ago that you were doing all that stuff not knowing any better, but now you know better. So, 
Make sure that it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes that you've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed up in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with with his label on it. And all the old fashions, they're now obsolete. Words like Jewish, non-Jewish, religious, irreligious, insider, outsider, uncivilized and uncouth, slave and free, all that means nothing. Christ label, after all, Christ label. From now on, everything is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. So, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe that God has picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. That is your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. I like Peterson's paraphrase because he does a couple of things well. First of all, he brings the whole message together there. You can't, you know, he has themes running through it that make sense about the clothing and what we wear and the fashions and the old and the new. Also, when you hear his version of this, it makes it more difficult for us to take all those virtues and vices and pull them out and act like each one of them is something in particular that we've got to to work on. You see, because when we do that, we see that list and we look over the list and we say, I'm glad I don't have anything on that list. I guess I can just continue to do whatever it is I want and God won't be upset with that. Mm." See how that works? That's the, that's the lie that we tell ourselves and we're really worshiping ourselves and our own feelings instead of God. Peterson makes it clear that that's just a list of, that's a sampling. That's the kind of stuff, I mean, it, it could, the details can change and maybe we'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, a news flash. Did you know that they discovered a black hole? Yeah. Yeah, did you hear the news? I don't know if you knew that. No, they got pictures of the thing. And that right there is not a picture of it. That's what it was supposed to look like, giant black hole in space, just eating up, you know, planets and stars. No, instead, when we actually got to see the picture of it, it didn't look like a black hole. It looked like a donut hole. And, um, hey, that picture's fuzzy. No, the picture is fuzzy, yeah. And that thing is apparently larger than our solar system. How about that? I mean, you can throw all of our planets and the sun and everything in that. Just a... Wow. You know, people used to think when you took a picture like that that something was wrong, and now this is considered a great achievement. And, uh, you know, and, and nobody really knows what to call the thing. Um, but, you know, the black hole was supposed to, to look a little more exciting. But, yeah, so we discovered a black hole. And don't, don't be worried. I mean, if you leave here today and you're worried, oh, I hope that black hole doesn't uh, eat us up. It's like, oh, it's so far away you can't even imagine it. But... Uh, I want to go back to my other picture. There we go. So the, um, because here's the thing. You, they, we may have discovered a black hole out in space, but did you know that there are black holes all around you? 
just like that thing in the theater when you go in there and those bouncing balls start going everywhere and the sound spooks you out and it goes all around you. Yeah, those black holes are all around you. We just don't think about it, but they are. They're everywhere. Notice that you know, this, this line, don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. When, uh, when you heard Peterson read that, you know, lift up your head. He says, don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with things right in front of you. Did anybody see this? Don't shuffle along with eyes to the ground, absorbed with right in front of you. Yeah. Everybody's just like, oh, yeah. Hey, kids, you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, the apps and the video games and, you know, boy, they are, they are black holes. This is a black hole. It can suck you in right there. I mean, that's why when you know, the folks in the family are saying, hey, stop the video game and come be with us. You know, I don't want you to just think I'm scolding you for that. But the thing is, it's because that thing is drawing you in. And I know that. And by the way, I have nothing to say to parents because they certainly don't get absorbed by Candy Crush and Words with Friend. No, not at all. They don't text while they're driving. No, not at all. Because we're perfect, right? Listen, I'm here to confess to you, I've done this too, and I, I've had to, I have had to delete apps because they will draw you in. But it's, it's not just that, that's just a symptom. It's a symptom of our obsession, and it happens to all of us at every age. Let's be real. Let's be, you know, Paul said in Colossians, don't lie to each other. We put that away. Well, don't lie to yourself. We have black holes all around us that consume us. And we can't worship. Sometimes we have black holes right here, and they're the black holes of our own making. We can't worship because we are, we are so distracted by something. And what, you know, what we've tried to do is, let's get rid of all distractions, and then I can worship. Good luck with that. I hope that works for you. I remember at one of the churches I used to preach for that um, I was getting some criticisms because, uh, because I was, uh, my toes were hanging off the edge here. He's going to fall off. I'm like, you're more concerned about me falling off this. And I was a much younger man then, and I would heal, and I had insurance. And, you know, it was like, you're much more concerned about that than hearing God's word. If I fall off, then poor stupid me, you know, I'll learn. I'll learn. That's why I back up a little more now. But the... um, there's things that we want to turn into. There's obsessions that we want to get involved with. This is why Jesus says, why are you worried about the speck in your brother or sister's eye and you've got this beam in your own eye? That speck is just consuming us and we want to go down that black hole and deal with it when we need to take care of things in our own world. You make up your own list. I'll share with you what I have. There are black holes of anger. We get so angry with people. People that don't even know that they've offended us. Sometimes we get angry with people that we will never meet in the real world. You know, it may not be an app that you need to uh, delete or put away. It may be cable. You may need to really cut the cable and not replace it with something else. If you find that watching the news for you becomes the two-minute hate where you are just enraged by what's going on in this culture today and I can't believe people do that do you think that the politicians or the celebrities or whoever else do you think they care what you think 
Why are you pouring your anger and energy down that black hole of anger? Maybe it's, you know, the black hole of the media, the black hole of control. That everything's going to be fine when everybody does what I say. Everything's going to be great when everybody does it my way. And then we will all be happier. And that black hole is just consuming all your energy and you're never going to get people to do things your way. It might be the black hole of bad habits, bad habits that are there because like, like, like Peterson translated in Colossians, living a life looking down is a life that focuses on our own things and our own feelings. Now, I want to be very careful here. Some of us struggle with things, and I don't want you to know that, that, I don't want you to think that we're scolding you. Some of these things are beyond our control. If you've ever been depressed, then you know what this is like. Sometimes we get depressed because it's, it's, it's physical, and it happens to us. There may not be any understanding of it, and it may hurt when people say, well, just snap out of it, get happy, get happy, you know. Sometimes we try to make people happy, and we are always looking for the quick fix. Sometimes it might be that we get depressed because we didn't get our way, or because we're upset about something that we need to let go of and stop being upset about it. It might be that the black hole is worry, and we're being dragged down that black hole of worry, worrying about ourselves, worrying about others, worrying about our loved ones, worrying about the nation, worrying about the state of the church, whatever it is. And so we get brought down into that this is not a condemnation or a scold this is just I'm just trying to tell some truth here so that maybe something will connect what I also want to tell you is there's hope we can escape the black holes we can escape that 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 force that wants to drag us down sometimes the black hole looks like something good it could be the black hole of success it could be the black hole of achievement One of the most chilling statements that was ever spoken to me when I was a young father was I had a guy come to me and he said, congratulations, and and very successful man, very successful man, and he, he said, be careful. He said, I chased success, and I cannot remember my children growing up. And, and that frightened me, and I, I thought, boy, I need to, I need to sort some things out with God right now. Because it's a guy that I looked up to, and I still do, and I think a lot of him, and I realize how much he was drawn into that, and he was drawn into it by all the best things, but it consumed so much of his life. Sometimes it's the black hole of affirmation. Oh, you know, we, 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 don't, we lose our joy in doing things. I've done this in preaching. I preach and preach and preach, and nobody says thank you. You know, I preach and preach and preach. All they complain about is how long I preach, you know, amen. And I'm like, well, why am, I, why am I concerned about this? That's just a black hole. I'm preaching, here's God's word, you do with it what you want. Uh, probably, you know, if it, I don't care whether this is an A plus or a C minus sermon as long as God's word is preached, okay? And I mean, and then that's what we do with it. Yeah, it needs to be shorter, I know that too, so what, Okay. I mean, you know, the thing is, though, we'll say that, and yet we will pour ourselves, me included, down a black hole of uh, a two-hour movie, which turns out to be lousy, or we'll pour ourselves down 
one full season or maybe multiple seasons of 20 different reality shows that are not real. And after it, it's like, what have we gained? Nothing. We were a bunch of voyeurs on people's lives who are really terrible. And that's okay. Watch out. The black holes are all around you. And they will cause you to waste and spend money and time and energy and emotion on things that are dying because I don't know that anybody really knows what a black hole is, but what most people think is it is a dead star. It is death in the universe. The absolute breakdown of all living energy like our sun And it just sucks everything into it. Now, isn't that interesting? Well, there's some hope here. And you're going to find it. And this is is an interesting story that we don't usually connect to Colossians 3. Jacob has more or less, you might, you know, from one point of view, he has wasted 20 years in his uncle's land. He ended up cheating his brother out of the promises of God to become the heir of the promise of the chosen people of God. He ends up then on the lamb, running away from his brother. He leaves the promised land. He goes to his uncle's land. He and his uncle get into this business deal that over and over again, his his uncle just rips him off, gets him drunk, uh, passes off one of his daughters to him as a wife. It's not even the daughter he wants to marry. Then he marries another girl. Then he marries their handmaidens. Next thing you know, 20 years later, here's this guy, Jacob. He's got two wives, uh, two baby mamas, and he's, and, and he's got all these kids, and somehow God is doing something with the, uh, the, you know, the people of God in all of this, and he thinks his brother still wants to kill him. And along the way, because they've been, and remember, the number of people who follow God, the God Most High, Yahweh, at this point, we can fit all of them into a, you know, a minivan. They'll be a bit cramped, but we can fit all of them into a minivan, okay? Everybody else is worshiping idols that are nothing more than the black holes of their day and age. And so before they cross back into the land, Jacob tells everyone in his household, get rid of all your pagan idols, purify yourselves, and put on clean clothing. It's not just enough to throw away the energies and the successes and the angers and the whatever else you want to call those false gods that we pour so much into. It's not enough to just get rid of those things. We're going to put on a new set of clothes to mark and commemorate this day. He says, we're going to Bethel, which is the house of God. And I'm going to build an altar there to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He's been with me wherever I've gone. His testimony is, this God didn't drain me dry and suck all the life and joy and energy out of me. This God sustained me even when I didn't know it. So they gave Jacob all their pagan idols and their earrings. It might represent paganism. It might just be the, 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 the gold and the jewelry that they were putting their trust in for their own well-being. And this is an act of obedience. And he takes all of that, digs a hole, 
buries it right there in the tree. We're not taking any of that with us. Now, that's a bold move. You might be thinking, oh, big deal, so what? You know, they're supposed to be godly people. No, it's a big move. What if we were going to dedicate ourselves so much to God that, that, that our leader, or our, you know, the leader of our family came together and said, here's what we're going to do before we set out on this mission, before we set out on this quest, I want you to take all of your stocks and bonds, I want you to take all of your uh, other you know, devices, your screen devices, whatever they are, everything that you depend on in the course of a daily uh, routine, and we're going to throw it in this hole and we're going to start from scratch. That's a bit challenging. Right now, some of us are thinking, well, I don't think we'd have to get rid of this, though. I don't think we'd have to get rid of it. See, we start qualifying. And I'm sure they did that, too. That some of, uh, you know, Jacob's wives are probably saying, all the gods, you know, you know, even, even this little god, I mean, just kind of cute. It looks like one of those troll, naked troll dolls. I mean, do we really have to throw it away? I mean, it's, it's a good luck charm, you know. Is there it, really any harm in it? Yes, put it in the hole. We have idols in our world and in our experience that are the black holes that consume us of our dedication and devotion of God. Don't worry about what it is for anybody else. Don't worry about what it is for the culture. Don't worry about what it is for the church. Focus on what it is for you. And then ask yourself, how do I take whatever that is and then put it in a black hole, dig a hole, get rid of it, and then focus on God? That's the new life, friends. That's the new life. The new life in Christ is forgetting those old things. In fact, for some of us, the idol that we're going to have to throw down in the hole is the idol of guilt. Oh, but I'm guilty. Oh, but no one will ever forget. And everybody holds this against me. Do they? Or do you? You can't even say God holds it against you. He knows how you're broken. He knows what's wrong with you. And he's... He's saying, I can take care of that, and we don't trust him. This new life, if you're wondering, wow, how to, you know, here's the thing about this new life when you read scripture. On the one hand, it's huge. It's big. I mean, it's an incredible transformation, right? On the other hand, it is so simple. And the new life, you're going, to be, you're going to have a Jackson 5 song in your, in your head all day now. It's as easy as 1, 2, 3, A, B, C, all right? But you'll remember this. It's right there in this scripture. First thing that makes this new life easy, act like you're resurrected. What if we lived lives that were, that were really tuned in and branded by the resurrection of Jesus? Because I'm not sure we always do that. I mean, even in the church... Even our institutions, even the good things that we do, we still set them up as if, you know what, this is the only life we're ever going to get, so let's live our lives like time is short. What if you lived your life like this is just the waiting room and we're getting ready to go on an incredible adventure that will last all of eternity? Act like you're resurrected. That's Colossians 3.1. Live out the resurrection of Jesus in your own life. Second, bury the old habits. Get rid of them. Now he, he talks about stripping it off like old dirty clothing. He talks about putting away like things that need to be uh, hidden away. Remember that story of Jacob. Just whatever it takes for you to visualize it. Those old habits, which, 
which are nothing more than you trying to fill the, the, that black hole. And it's never going to be satisfied. The old habits that come from trying to fix it yourself. We try to fix our pain. We want to fix our uh, boredom. We want to fix our despair. We want to fix our anger. And we try to fix it. And it just turns into a, a lot of habits that, that, that hurt us and, and hurt others and don't go anywhere. And it never satisfies Fine, take it. Now, I don't know what that means for you. I mean, you got to take some of this home and figure it out. If that means uh, shutting off the TV, deleting a few apps, if that means giving away some of your money, if that means uh, getting rid of some things that are nothing more than a burden to you, I don't know. Figure it out. You know, maybe you need to spend less time with negative people who are always, uh, you're trying to fix them and they don't want to be fixed. I don't know. But whatever it is, bury it. Get, he, Paul says in Colossians, it is the old life. Put it aside. Third, the new life is as easy as Christ is all that defines you. Did you notice how he just took away labels? Jew, Gentile, slave, free. Peterson gives us a few others. Uncouth and uncivilized. Uh, We like categories. We like to divide things up. We like to divide it up between this group and that group. We make our distinctions. These are the learned people. We even like to do that in the church. Oh, well, you're clergy, you're minister, and the rest of us aren't. That means that you're very special and very holy. Oh, okay, that's the good side. Well, the other part of it is you have to do everything, and I'll sit here and, you know, enjoy the show. Oh, that's how it works. Well, the truth is, in Scripture, all you find out is is that we're all disciples, so the only label, now I see, and I've just said something wonderful there because, you know, and it just, it just boy, that works for me, you know, because, um, because yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I get to then tell all of you that you're supposed to be doing it and I'm not. Well, I don't get to do that either. I'm just a disciple. And I'm just the talking disciple right now, okay? So the, the, we're, we're all one and we're all doing this together and we're all learning to be obedient to Christ. But now here's the thing. Christ is all that defines me and it's all that defines you. Here's the other thing too though. I don't get any special privileges. I don't get, people ask me all the time, what's your title? You know, how should you be referred to? Well, one day I'm going to have a lot of fun with that. You know, that somewhere I go somewhere and they want to get my title right. And I'm going to say, my title is the all high, most exalted, supreme potentate, of all things, very outstanding and spectacular, Christopher Benjamin. Okay, and remember that. Remember that. And every time you talk to me, you address me that way. No, no. I got a store-bought title called Doctor, and you can use that or not. I don't care. I mean, it, that, that really matters. It, every once in a while, it looks good on letterhead, and that's it. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm his kid, and so are you. And I'm learning what that means, and sometimes I'm obedient, and sometimes I'm not. I really find comfort in that title because the other title is nothing more than a black hole it just sucks me away from god and it says oh this is who i am and who i'm supposed to be and 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 you've got titles and definitions that are doing the same thing to you the things that the 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 categories the world want to put you in and it does it to us so often and and don't don't worry about that my my health categories are always changing i'm I don't know. I'm somewhere between uh, pleasingly plump and obese. I don't know. You know, it's all this. 
This is weird stuff. And it's all the definitions that we want. And somebody's just always moving the categories. And, uh, you know, what income bracket are you in? What part of town do you live in? Uh, How long have you been here? What state are you from? Who do you root for on uh, Sundays and Saturdays? You know, we all want to put everybody in those camps. Christ is the only thing that defines you. If you wear his label, that's it. You're his. Done. The rest of it is just a bunch of black holes. If you want to live the new life, then find your identity there. You know, there's a lot of concern, a lot of worry, and there's a black hole of fear out there that you've got to protect your identity. And there are, why are there so many ads about protecting your identity? You would think at this point, we've all protected our identity. And what really seems to be so interesting is, is that the people that are selling us the protection for our identity are getting their identity stolen as well. It almost makes me think sometimes this is some sort of protection scheme. Hey, you don't want your identity stolen? You got to buy the protection from us. What if I don't? Well, it'd be terrible if your identity got stolen. You know, it, my identity can't be stolen because I threw it in a hole. I've, the only identity I've got is Christ. There you go. Now somebody's going to hack my bank account after they listen to this on the podcast. You know, whatever. But I'm still, I'm not defined by that, and I hate calling that my identity. It's not my identity. It's just a bunch of numbers that do things for me. My identity is in Jesus Christ, who gave me new life that's eternal, and yours is too. Pray with me. Father, I ask that you would bless us to find our identity in you, to act like we're resurrected, to bury the old habits, to not be afraid. And, Father, to find out, to find ourselves only, only, only by our relationship with you and the love that you have for us. And you haven't been deceitful or, or passive about this. You've just spoken right up and said that you have loved us and you don't want any of us to perish. And you have called all of us to be obedient to you and to submerge our lives into your life by dying to ourself and living the new life of the new creation in Christ Jesus. Because of him, we're praying to you. Amen. You know, if you, um, if you need any help or encouragement on any of this, this is stuff I hope you'll take with you and think about it. We're going to have shepherds right up here. They're going to be uh, uh, standing up here, and they're welcome. You can come up and just talk to them. You don't have to worry that by talking to them, then that that's something we have to break up and tell everybody else. Just tell them, say, look, I need somebody to pray with me. They'll be back there in room 100 too. I don't want this to be procedural. I want this to be real. 